You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So, Father, we approach the teaching and the preaching of your word this morning with reverence, asking in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would speak to our hearts, strengthen us, um, help us, uh, let someone's life uh, be changed this morning. We give you thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's push out a big amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you please welcome the person next to you if you haven't done that just yet? It's good to see you in church. I, I know you haven't seen some people for a while. If it's a stranger, just say hello and ask them for their name. Okay, I'd like us to read out of Genesis chapter 32. And we'll start from verse 24. Genesis 32 and verse 24. I'd like us to celebrate Oyinda, who shared her God experience so kindly this morning. Thank you. God bless you, Oyinda. God bless you indeed. Genesis 32 and verse 24. I read to your hearing. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his tie, and the hollow of Jacob's tie went out of joint. So he wrestled as he wrestled with him. Verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said to him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no more, shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Um, and Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou ask after my name? And he blessed him there. Okay, I'll also write to read Psalm 18 and verse 34. And verse 39, Psalm 18, 34 and 39. Psalm 18, 34 says, For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Okay, um, I think 39. Yes, um, 39 says, For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up again. Verse 34 says, He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. I just want to share this morning out of God's word um, about it's a bit of a remix. About I think about a year ago or so, we taught a message we titled The Lifestyle of a Warrior. Um, and as we spoke through God's word last week, very strongly impressed in my heart about the need to have this discussion about what we've called developing the mentality of a warrior. Okay? And then otherwise saying the strength that we need for battle. And so we probably would continue from where we were last week. Does um, anybody here go to military school? Anybody? Rolly went to military school. It makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> um, those of you who don't know, Rolly's um, the lady who prayed during um, during the worship. Um, and we've always, Rolly, you went to military school. Okay, we didn't know this. <laughs> it all makes sense. But um, and Rolly's the you know the smallish, beautiful lady who sometimes comes up to lead prayer very fiery and then you know sometimes looks at you and like you're not praying you're not praying you know it's like and we tease her a lot but there's a lot of um passion in her prayer is there anybody else go to military school who yeah you don't look like you went to me but you went to military school but if you know people who went to military school or have done or had military training you find out that there is something about the way they behave think and sometimes just talk but it's a bit different from uh, people who haven't gone to military school. I know Tolu, the two Tolus did not go to military school. They're too, they're too you know, posh and, 
and, and gentle for that. But there is, uh, I was reading a book called Greets uh, during the week. And um, he, they speak about the rigor that goes into the preparation of a soldier. And I think in particular they talk about uh, the, the U.S. Marines, okay? It's interesting that I have to use that, that example here. Ordinarily, I should use the example of the Nigerian army, but um, I can't use that example just yet. One day, when I'm teaching the message, I'll use that example of the Nigerian Marines and how... And how. But, but it spoke about how... So, the, the, the rigor of the training that is required to produce a Marine... In fact, I remember that one of the things they say is that there's a place or a part of the training, um, which by you know is there are no breaks, no real breaks, no weekends, no you know. Uh, it's a part of the training where they keep the marines awake for a number of days. If I'm not wrong, I think they keep them awake for I think anything between 48 or 72 hours. And someone's just looking and say, "How can I be awake for 72 hours?" But for real, and, and, and the whole idea is that when you go to a battle, you don't have the luxury of saying to the chaps who are trying to kill you, I'm feeling very sleepy right now. Just hang on. Just let me, let me take a nap. Let me take a power nap. And so the rigor of the training is supposed to prepare them for battle. But I realized as I prepare that it doesn't just train them physically. It also affects their mind. It also affects their mentality. It also affects how they approach life. And you know, our focus as Elevation Church this month or this year has been on the theme of the word stronger. And you know, to preparing for this, I got that very strong um, impression that God wanted to just infuse us with strength in our mind. Would you help me ask the person next to you, do you have mind? And that is vernacular, right? So when you say you get mind, right? So help me ask the person next to you, say you get mind, you get mind. Okay. And, and, and we just want to ask, so what, what is it? So what is it that um, allows a person go through life and have the right kind of mind? What is the right kind of mind? I mean, with the text we read says, Jacob is battling with someone all night. And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Paul writing to the church in Philippi, Philippians 2 verse 5 to 11, says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so I say, look, what was Jesus' mind like? What was Jesus' mind like? Um, I was reading a portion in the book of Luke recently. And in that one chapter, Jesus goes from being, you know, hailed by the people as a Messiah, the teacher, and all that stuff. And very rapidly to a place where they want to kill him. To a place where everybody's coming to him and say, heal us. And I was like, you know, Jesus goes through the full spectrum of emotions in one chapter. And he remains focused. He remains calm. I was like, what does it take to go through the kind of torture that Jesus goes through as he goes to the cross on our behalf? I, I was telling somebody, I mean, last week, I said, look, I mean, and I've said this, I love people, but I suspect if it was me, there's a point in this whole discussion about crucifixion, you just switch off. I created these guys for crying out loud. Look at this small boy. You know, and they're whipping him. Save yourself. And the guy's just, he's just calm. And the Bible says like a lamb led to the slaughter. And so, and so sometimes strength of mind is not necessarily shown in aggression. It's not necessarily shown in aggression. It's the ability to stay on cause. I mean, if, if I was Jesus when they put the first nail into the left hand, or whichever one they do first, ha, let's just shout, angels! Just show some drama, and then die on my own terms. But Paul says, 
let that mind, because normally when we say the mind of Christ is in me, we think it means just to be super intelligent or just to know things. But Paul explains it in Philippians. It says, Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all names, every name, but at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One thing you'll find that soldiers will learn very quickly is that they come, or warriors will learn very quickly, is that they come to the place where they, they kind of say, look, my life is being lived for something that is bigger than me. So when you become a soldier, you realize that what you've done in advance is that you've sacrificed your life. True or false? I mean, as an accountant, it is unlikely that they will say to you when you get to the office tomorrow, ah, you have to, we have to shoot you, that you might be shot. That's not you. You're talking about balance sheet and financials. As a software engineer, you know, when you go to work in the morning, your wife doesn't look at you and go, look, be safe, be safe. It's a wild world out there on the, on the internet, be safe. She doesn't do that. But when the soldier goes to war, the wife or the husband, as the case may be, hugs very tightly. The children look at the soldier again. They're conscious like, you know, take care of that and be safe. Because what the soldier does in advance is to sacrifice their life. And, and I know we, we're in this process in our country where things are getting better. And so we, we sometimes don't understand the sacrifice that it means to wear a uniform. And so one of the things a soldier does is to live for the cause of the kingdom. So as I said, one of the things that uh, you would, the first thing that you would see when it comes to developing the heart of a warrior is humility. Is humility. Let me ask the person next to you, are you humble? Are you humble? So, are you humble? And I said in my notes here that humility requires one to intentionally demote self in relation to others and to God. A readiness to live and maybe die for God and for others. To be able to say that I can live for something bigger than me. And I, and I know there is a guy who's, you know, has been checking you out and tells you I can, I can climb mountains for you. I can take a bullet for you. And just over December when he heard the sound of fireworks, but my point is soldiers literally say for the country we will die for you we will die for you and, and I think that's you know, there's a differentiation between humility and meekness meekness speaks about you know, just gentle but humility is really about saying you know, this is me, this is my life but I'm going to keep it down for a cause that is bigger than me. I find that amazing strength comes to those who humble themselves before God. Amazing strength comes to those who humble themselves before God. So my first question to us as a church, to you as a person, is what cause that is bigger than you are you currently living for? What is bigger than you? What is more than your life that you're currently living for? Doesn't Jesus say, do not give thought to just the things you would eat, the things you would drink, the things you would wear, where you get petrol from, who's going to be your Valentine in three weeks, what movie? He says, it's not just about you. And he says, to seek first the kingdom. And I know we quote that scripture, you know, when we want to tell people to focus. But what does it really mean? He's simply saying, would you 
devote your life to something that is bigger than you. So that's the first thing to note. That's the first thing to note. It's that the heart of a warrior is not just this, you know, in, in just strength on the outside, but it's a training on the inside that gets you to the place where you're not just living for yourself. You're not just living for yourself. The second thing to note this morning, um, I read it out of Second Timothy chapter 2. I'll try and put all this together quickly. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Paul says, you therefore, speaking to Timothy and the other readers, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So that word there, entanglement, entanglement. And, and I say, look, one of the things I find the sources of strength on the inside for a, a warrior, a Christian, a soldier, is that they need to keep their minds unentangled. What does it mean to be unentangled? It means that you're able to retain clarity, focus, and like we said earlier, an abiding sense of God's kingdom. You're able to retain focus. You're able, why, why do you need to retain focus? You're, because you realize that there's lots of distractions. There's lots, there's a constant stream of distractions. Um, in fact, uh, what kind of mind is this that we speak about? The one that retains focus on the kingdom. is what Apostle Paul calls a spiritual mind. It's called a spiritual mind. When we say someone is spiritual, it doesn't mean that when you see them on the road, they're speaking in tongues. They may do that. But when we say someone is spiritual, one of the things that you find is how they have set their heart. Okay? So Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, if then, this one, if then you are raised with Christ, seek those things that are above, which says where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your mind on things above not on things on the earth. Help me ask your neighbor, where's your mind? Where's your mind? Where's your mind? Because I'm talking to you now. Some people's minds is far gone. Okay. But it says there are two choices. I can set my mind on things above or I can set my mind on things below. I say to myself earlier today that minds and hearts can be set. I, and I know most of us have, you know, grown up on this fancy side of Lekki. But if you've seen them build a house before and put blocks, they would say to you that I want to set it, right? And to set the block doesn't just mean to put the block down. It means you put some, what do you call that? Sorry? Concrete mix or cement, yes? And you let it, and it's, it's unmovable. So it says a spiritual mind is one that is set on things. above. So I said there is strength for a Christian for a warrior, um, out of cultivating what we call a spiritual mind, and the, you know the opposite is a carnal mind. The carnal mind. If you, I don't know if you remember the story of um, Gideon. So God sends Gideon and, and an army out on a mission, and God gets to a place where He says, "I want to separate." He says, "This people are too much, just too much." And so you read Judges chapter seven. They get to where water is. And God says, a small test. And the test is very simple. These guys have been, you know, struggling through hot deserts, you know, sunny, carrying the, 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 the battle uh, gear. And so they need water. The Bible says in Joshua, Judges chapter 7, verse 5 to 7. And so he brought the people down to the water. And then the Lord said to Gideon, it's very important, everyone, it says, because two things happened when they got to the water. It says, there were some soldiers who immediately they saw the water, just threw down their battle gear, jumped into the water, started drinking, ah, water. Did you see water? This is fresh water. 
I've never tasted water like this before. And Judges chapter 7 says, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. Literally, everyone who would worship that which sustains him apart from God. And just leave that thought there. But verse 6 says, And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down to their knees to drink water. And what God simply said here was, look, come. Everybody who would lose sight of the battle that we're fighting here, he says, let them go home gently. You know, of course, Gideon goes into this place where he then says, oh, God is just about to kill me because he's left with 300 people. But essentially, that distinction between those who set their minds on things above and those who set their minds on just the things around it. Doesn't the writer of Hebrews say, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, that we should lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset, and let us then run with endurance or strength the race that is set before us. So a spiritual mind prioritizes causes above comfort. It's cause above comfort. Prioritizes purpose above pleasure. Purpose before pleasure. Purpose before pleasure. Because strength can be distracted. You ask our brother Sam, not Sam in service production, but Samson. And you ask him about his experience with Delilah. Help me ask the person next to you again, where is your mind? Where is your mind? Where is your mind? Where is your mind? And so this picture I'm, point, I'm painting this morning is how I believe God is calling us as a church to position our hearts. I believe that there are battles to be won this year. Big, serious battles to be won. I believe that uh, our lives will make massive strides this year. That at the end of this year, for some of us, it will be difficult for people to relate you to the person you were in January. I, I believe so strongly. I, be, I, believe, I believe that for someone, your career is changing totally. Your ministry is changing totally. I believe that. Yeah, but God is saying there is strength that needs to happen. Some strengthening that needs to happen on the inside. So, so there's humility. There's that I'm living for something that's bigger than me. I put down just my own. Something above me. There is refusing to be entangled. I don't know if you've ever seen something that's entangled before, but it means that, uh, how does it best explain it? You, I don't know if, so guys, you know when we're trying to sew? No, we, we don't sew, right? But you know how it is. that if you've tried to unravel needle and thread, that, that's the easiest one, right? And sometimes you just can't get the needle out because it's all one together. Does that happen with hair? Because I can use that as an example. So hair, does hair get... Oh, no, no, I know the one. It's, it's your, your, your uh, earpiece. Uh, that's the one. Earpiece, guys, earpiece. <laughs> Sorry, I was lazy there, but that should have been. Earpiece. Sometimes your earpiece is all just, and you're looking for the beginning and the end. You pass like this. You bring it out. It comes out, right? It's entangled. It's entangled. Have me smile at the person next to you. Just smile. You're not going to ask them if their life is entangled. You're just, you're just, <laughs> you're just smiling. Let me tell the person, bros, <laughs> or sis, so, bros, I care about your destiny. <laughs> you need to unentangle yourself. <laughs> you need to unentangle yourself. And as, I, and as I say that, it's funny, but for someone, there's something that just clicks in your mind. Or someone is just a name, Neka, Neka. <laughs> it sounds like a joke. It's a word of knowledge, just Neka. <laughs> you need to just unentangle yourself. You need to free yourself. You need to just free yourself. <sighs> you need to free yourself. Could we pray in the Spirit for 30 seconds, if you don't mind? And not just be spooked, just pray in the Spirit, if you don't mind. Let's pray in the Spirit. Paul says to drop the weight that so easily besets.
It says, because when they go to warfare, it says that the, the soldiers cannot take their flat screen TVs with them. It says a bit too heavy. They can't take their game box with them. It's a bit too heavy. They can't even take their makeup kit with them. It's a bit too heavy. And I don't know, God, is there anything that you would like us to drop? Anything that has entangled our minds, anything we've put our hands in, but slowed us down. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as a church, as an individual. For someone says, it says it's morning, just the sadness and mourning. It says, I didn't send that to you. It says, I didn't send that to you. It says, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Okay. Two more things. And so this whole mindset of a warrior, I've put in there, and this also references from the teaching we did on the lifestyle of a warrior, is that the Christian warrior, the one who would develop the mentality of a warrior, keeps themselves open to the influence of the Holy Spirit. I like when you're in this God experience. She says, my, her mom says to her, look, I don't have a lot to give to you. It says, but the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit. And so the Christian warrior cultivates what we call strength in the inner man. Uh, the Bible says, bodily exercise profits little. And so bodily exercise is important. Bodily exercise is important. Some people look at me and say, P.I., where do you get your six-pack from? Is it natural? Did it follow you like this, or did you create it? I, mean, you can, I can explain to you later. And for all those doubters, you need to wash your eyes. <laughs> but he says, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Doesn't Jude, he says, Jude 20, he says, to build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the, the Christian warrior is careful about spiritual disciplines about spiritual discipline because there is something that happens as you mind your spiritual disciplines that affects the way you think. So, uh, you know that when you are at military camp, right, when they're training you, it's not, when you wake up in the morning, it's not, they don't smile and discuss, oh, did you want that much? Ah, they flogged them. I told you, I said now, terrible club. Don't invest your heart there. You know, they don't do that. They're shouting at them from early morning. They're not dancing. I heard, what is this called? Shaku shaku. I don't even know what it is. I've just seen video. I'm on social media. I don't know what it is. I just, but that's not what they don't get out. Say, oh, guys, have you heard the new, the new dance step? You can dance the dance. <laughs> so let's go. You know, they're doing the night. That's not what they're doing in the morning. They're, and it's just repetitive. They're just running. You know, and you're like, what are these people mad? They're not mad. They simply realize that in the day of battle, that which will be required is slightly more than, you know, shaku shaku. It's slightly bigger than that. that that's, not what, that's not what is, because if that's all you're preparing for, you go to army base and that's you just see your army, yeah, that's what they dance and from there, they move on. You can, you know, in the day of battle, you just pack your things and go to another country because you know you guys are finished. Because soldiers are called to develop unusual stamina unusual stamina. You know, if you're going to run a race and they tell you, ah, that guy's a soldier. In fact, if you're, I mean, you shouldn't fight as a Christian. Except you're fighting for love. <laughs> but you know, if, if, if you are, if somebody's chancing you, you know, takes your seat in the cinema, there are no more seats, they put you on the ground row, you can't see anything like happened to myself and I'll go on Friday. You know, but you got to go, you see, my friends, I kept this seat for you. I said, oh, guy, this seat is mine. See, this man, you're like, oh God, please, I'm just, I'm, I go to life, I don't want to argue with you, but please, can you get up from that? And the guy just said, look, as a soldier, I don't like to argue. You know, there's a way you just, ah, I didn't know you were a soldier. I said, please sit down, take the seat, be comfortable. Why is that? Why is it? Because you know that, ah, there's some training this boy has got, I ain't got. <laughs> there is something that he's got that I don't have. And so we keep our hearts and our minds open to the influence of the Holy Spirit. When we taught lifestyle of a warrior, one of the things we talked about was a concept called spiritual fitness. We said that you gain spiritual fitness by, 
you know, dexterity in study and handling of God's word. By deepening your love walk. By remaining increasingly fervent in the spirit and prayer. And by service, applying your heart, your gifts in service. So, dexterity in God's word. Dexterity in God's word. Deepening your love walk. Service. Prayer. That you are, you are not, you are not, you, you don't take it for granted. You don't, you don't get six, six packs or whatever fitness in the physical by going to the gym once a month. You don't do that. You are just a tourist. That's an athletic tourist. You know, that's what you are. You just go there once a month. And then, you know, if, you do, if you're like me, when I go into the gym, there's some things I treat in the gym, I treat them like idols. So I don't touch them. I don't want those weights, all those things. I, and the people who push, you know, picking them, I just look at them like idol worshippers. I'm like, that's no, you know, I go on the treadmill, do like 10 minutes, walk up a small swing, I go, my God, I'm fit. And I calm down. <laughs> I don't invest. But sometimes you go to the gym, you see all these people carrying things, you know. But the truth is that those guys tend to be much stronger than the rest of us. I was saying in my notes how that love is one of the greatest forms of spiritual exercise. Love. Ah, oh God. Look, there's some things that when you forgive people, eh, it's as if you carried weights. Your soul, but you don't understand. I, he offended me. Not just that he offended me, then he blocked me. He blocked me on Instagram. You don't understand. He, it was me. I was the one that should be angry. But when I now tried to see what was happening, he now, I said, he blocked me. <laughs> and then you come to the church and say, forgive. You're like, forgive what? And going in that love walk is like carrying, carrying. There are some things that would happen to you in life. And then the requirement of love. Eh? <laughs> so love is one of the greatest forms of spiritual exercise. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a spiritual principle, a spiritual practice. And, and Thanksgiving pulls your heart muscles in the direction of God. And sometimes it's easy to tell when people have not been involved in Thanksgiving. No, we're talking about the strength, the mentality of a warrior. It's easy, when, it's easy to see when someone has not been thanking God. Because when you just hear murmuring, complaining, murmuring, complaining, murmuring, on a regular basis, like an open tap, there's no Thanksgiving there. Because what happens as you thank God, you know, I thank God for little things. I thank God for big things. I thank God for the things that are around me. Is that your heart muscles are strengthened and turned in a God direction. Exercise and training uh, intentional exposure to pressure or to stress so that we can develop capacity. So that we can develop capacity. If you ask the person next to you, are you, are you fit? Are you fit? Are you fit spiritually? Are you fit spiritually? Are you fit? Are you fit? <laughs> and I'm just going to put all this together. And the, the, the last one for me, and, I, and I'll put all this together. Um, I, was playing, I was playing tennis during the week. And um, I was like, you know, so you're playing tennis. I kind of had a couple of my notes down already. You know, and then as I play tennis, things become clearer in my head. It's just the curious way my mind works. And it just dropped in my heart. It says, let, your, let the Holy Spirit be your mental coach. I said, yeah, okay. And I said, you know, and I realized that months ago, I had chanced upon the information that um, elite um, athletes actually hire mental coaches. So if you follow a sport you would realize that sometimes when commentators speak about a team or a person, they would say, ah, this team has, you know, a lot of mental strength. I'm not going to mention the, the, the team, a particular team, I'm not going to mention that. But their fans know that even if they are 3-0 ahead at halftime, hmm, they know that ah, these guys, they have certificate. They can, they can disappoint us. They can just crumble. In the midst, they can just take, they can literally snatch <laughs> defeat out of the jaws of victory. They can just <laughs> destroy us here. The, mentally, they are very fragile. They can play, ah, they can play ball. When they pass like this, 56 passes, they'll pass back, pass forward, pass back. They're a very good team. I won't mention their name. 
<laughs> but no mental strength. I, I remember um, watching tennis, and, and sometimes it used to be Andy Murray, I think he's, and he would get in the past. His opponents knew that if they could rile him up a bit, that was the end. And you got him to the place where he was sufficiently distracted, that was the end. You just then after everybody knew, after a while, he just knew he was upset because he's yelling, he's insulting himself, he's shouting at everybody, spectator, his coach, himself, the person he's playing with. And then Holy Spirit says, God said to me, let the Holy Spirit be your mental coach. So what the mental coaches do, they say to you, this is the way to approach the match. They don't train you physically. They help you about how to think, what order to think in. Listening to scripture this week, and that verse kept on resonating with me. Take heed how you hear. Uh, two people can hear the same thing and process it very differently. Because our victories are won first within, first inside, then outside. Jesus says in John 16, when the Holy Spirit has come, the Spirit of truth, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. And, and so this is an, you know, it's an invitation to beyond just what happens on the outside, to even let the Holy Spirit help you think. I mean, most of us have watched a Chinese movie before, you know, the one where the guy has been beat up over and over and over again. And then there's this master, right? And typically the master is doing something very, maybe it's like just, chew, just you know, chewing on some stick somewhere. And the guy goes to him and says, you know, master, teach me Kung Fu. And I'm doing my best impression here, don't judge me. Teach me Kung Fu. You don't learn Kung Fu. Kung Fu is not for you. Then he says, no master, I will learn. I will learn. And then they go through that whole routine where the master you know, makes Shakara a bit, makes Shakara. Then says, hey, take that pot of noodles. Stare it. <laughs> and the guy's like, what does this have to do with Kung Fu? You will learn. <laughs> and we've all seen, sorry, and we've all seen him, so he, you know, how the movie evolves, that as he's staring the, the pot of noodles, the master then comes to him and says, this is the secret of Kung Fu. <laughs> the magic circle, you know. And that whole application, and then he takes him out of the field the next day and says, you remember noodles? And then they start going like that. And then, you know, he goes to fight the black dragon, and he beats the black dragon. And you know how that, how that movie goes. But your mental coach is the Holy Spirit. In my note, I say, look, the Holy Spirit is in class. The teacher is in class. But am I present? Am I there? Because the very same way that the master teaches the young fellow who knows nothing about Kung Fu, is the same way God has been straining. He says he knocks at the doors of our hearts. That he may teach us. He may teach us about our lives. My pastor was preaching two weeks ago and talked about how Sometimes just understanding God's view of a matter changes everything. You know, changes every single thing. There is, there is something about what must be on our inside in this season. Because we will not... It's, the Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. This violence is not just in the way you drive. No. Repent. It's that there is a toughness in your heart. There is, and I will not give up. Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. In fact, I was reading in the book that sometimes it seems like the rigor of training for Marines is trying to answer the question, who will give up? We've been saying it all through this month, that you don't prepare for battle in the day of battle. And sometimes... The battles that we will fight this year will not be far from us. Sometimes it will be a battle at work. Sometimes it will be a battle in a relationship. Sometimes it will be a battle for your mind. It will be a battle like we spoke about last week for your inheritance. But the last thing, the last thing that we must not be, we must not be the ones who run away in the face of battle. 
when we think about those who've done excellently well in life, when we think about people like Nelson Mandela, we say, ah, no, you know, when we all travel to Cape Town, they take you on the boats to Robin. I I find those things curious. I'm not a very touristy person. We say, we're going to Robin Island, Robin Island. We're going to see when Nelson Mandela was put. So we all go there. He was here, right? He slept here. Ah, the man is a good dude. How many years? How many years was he there? Huh? Seven? 27 years. For what? <laughs> 27. Ah, your children have finished. They've grown up. They've left the house. 27. That's a lot. But can you? Ah, no, man. 27 years. That's a lot. Some of us are not even 27 yet. So your whole life, Nelson was in jail. <laughs> for another man's matter. <clears throat> you have told the guys, give me a visa. I'm going to London. <laughs> Live a humble life there. There was something on the inside that I'm living for something that is bigger than myself. Drawing strength from the Holy Spirit. Being able to look at a fact and say, no, this is how the Holy Spirit is presenting this before me. This is how I must approach it. <sighs> um, you know, the battle is real. Ah, tell the person next to you, the battle is real. The battle is real. Uh, battle is real. Battle is real. Sometimes you, you know, I mean, you guys know. On Friday, you say, okay, look, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn up. I'm going to the club. But I'm going to be very crystalline in the club. No. I'm going to the club. And we see some of you <laughs> or on Instagram. <laughs> Sometimes you say, ah, ah, ah. Is that not they saw her? <laughs> okay. Um, and you get to the club and, you know, it's Friday. And you're, ha, that is Shalala Wal now. We're in the, we're in the band together. Mm, okay, okay. Just, you know, you do it. And then it starts to dance. It starts to dance. Ha. And you see that girl. And, and Shalala Wal doesn't go to the club like that. It doesn't go at all. I mean, not as a good thing. It's okay. But I'm just saying, I was Shalala from the office in admin. And you are just sitting there, just minding yourself in your Christian clubbing, you know, way. And then you just see the way this girl walks up to him. And then the way she's touching him. Just, ha, your mind just like, ha, ha. Eh? Ha, ha. and a, a battle starts within you your coach is telling you boy, boy get up, get up, get up you're, you better listen to your coach then because you're just like, ha, eh? see the way she's touching him eh? people are spoiled in this Lagos <laughs> the battle is raging with you you're fighting, everything is fighting your everything, memories are coming back they're singing music, all the or the soundtrack for your temptation is playing already. They've already lined up your favorite seven songs. They're all playing your mind. He, see, boy, I finished. Oh my God, see what she's doing. Your coach is calling you, boy, shh, shh, go to the bathroom. Boy, don't look. I'm going to even send an angel to you in the form of a waiter. Oh God, do you want to? Leave there, leave me alone. Your coach is saying, bros, go to the bathroom. Go and speak in tongues for five minutes. Let your body settle down. <laughs> Let your mind settle down. For some of you, the battle is at work. Because Chinedu, who joined the unit the same day with you, when you saw him packing in the car park, he's a new Range Rover. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're still persuading your Corolla to come to work with you every day. <laughs> when you come out in the morning, you're like, God, I bind every devil technical difficult this car you are talking to the car betty we're going to work together we agree together you pack the car then she just rolls in but when he winds down the way his ac comes to you know that ac wasn't made in lagos you know it wasn't made in lagos you're all sweating how did you do how does it say god is good my brother and you know you you know that you know that chinedu is doing some deals it's not just being this is not just investment intelligence, no. And the battle is real because you're faced with that battle where you're saying, should I? Should I not? And for some of you, it's just about what God is saying for you to do, where he's saying for you to stand. Some of you, who to stand with in this season? The battle is real. And so there's humility of heart. There's openness to the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's developing spiritual fitness. There's letting the Holy Spirit be your mental coach. Jacob says, I will not let you go. 
until you bless me. And so I'm done. I'm just going to. So I feel like I think it's a quartermaster. That's the guy. The one who comes out on parade ground. Rolly, is that you went to military? You didn't go to military school. Why are you nodding? Rolly, is that the quartermaster? Who's the the parade guy? Who comes out in the morning? You guys went to NYC camp, a number of you. If you didn't pay somebody to go for you. The quarter guard is shouting. Fallaby. They say present or whatever they say. You know, Mori. It's just shouting. And I feel like that this morning. Shubomi. Volusha. Samuel. Ejiro. A God is calling people. I think this is where you're supposed to play on what Christian soldier. Just cooperate with me, my brother. <laughs> huh? And God is calling people and saying, this living like a civilian is not going to work out. He says, there's nothing wrong with learning how to dance shaku shaku. He says, but that's not what we need. And, and I'm going to try. I'm going to just find out. Just make sure it's fine. And I'm going to try and learn it. It looks very simple. But, but God is saying, yeah. <laughs> but God is saying, there's someone who just needs this year to be mentally tough. And like I said, it's not just in shouting or aggression, no. If you must shout like Rolly when you pray, by all means do. Please do. I, I shout, ah, if you hear me, I'm a Bini man. When I pray, it's not all this sophisticated Lagos prayer. No, I shout. So that everybody, God, the demons, myself, we can all hear the prayer. And nobody's in doubt. I shout. I don't have time for all this. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I shout. But there's, and you, and you know, because God is saying, it's a year where you can't afford to give up. It's a year where you can afford to give. The biggest form of spiritual attack that I know in in this generation is hopelessness. It's hope. You know, in our grandparents' generation, they used to press people. Only in Africa, though, but they press people. <laughs> but you know, demons are now very sophisticated. They don't do all that when you wait for the bad to first wait. The guy's sleeping, sleeping. Yeah, press him. <laughs> But what's happening is that they've moved to the place where they're selling business cases to people. And so when they can persuade a man that there is no hope left. Because I meet people every day in our city, in our country, in our generation who have given up hope. And it's amazing because sometimes you're like, ah, no, but there's still hope here. And they can't see it. They can't see it. A number of us have given, us hope, given up hope about our country. But there's a spiritual attack. I mean, there's reason not to hope. Some of you, you're giving up hope about living for God. I don't know what it is. But this is a year you can't give up hope. Let me hold the hand of the person next to you and tell them you can't give up. You can't give up. If I can hold that hand and squeeze it and shake the hand. I know you've been wanting to hold that hand all service. Just hold that hand and, and squeeze it and tell them you can't give up. You're not giving up this year. You're not giving up next year. You are not giving up. You are not giving up. Would you hold that hand and just pray in the spirit over that life? Would you pray in the spirit over that life? Ah, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. This morning, our prayer is very simple. That strength will come into the hearts and the minds of your people from the Holy Spirit. Our prayer is very simple. That you would make us stronger. The Bible says they go from strength to strength that appear before you in Zion. It says they looked up to you and they were strengthened, lightened. It says they were not ashamed. Would you pray for that person? Would you declare that they will not give up? Would you declare that they are not of those who draw back onto perdition? Uh, there are those whose confidence remains, 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 remains in God. I don't know who you are holding and you might not even know their name, but you don't know all the battle that they are fighting. But would you let the Holy Spirit pray through you some artillery uh, this morning for this person. Would you resource that person's destiny? I, so please make sure you're praying for someone. It doesn't matter who you are and where you are. Make sure you're praying for someone else apart from yourself this morning. Would you pray that their hearts will be humble? God says that I withstand the proud. He says, but I keep grace unto the humble. Would you pray that their hearts will be humble? Would you pray that this ones will find the cause of the kingdom? 
the cause of the kingdom. He said, seek it first, the kingdom of God. Where we didn't get you on that. There were people who went to drink water. He says, and they forgot. They threw their swords on the floor. They threw their shields on the floor. He says, they laughed like dogs. Would you pray concerning this one? That unbroken clarity and focus in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you pray concerning the one whose hands you hold? on your left and on your right that they will remain fit spiritually Paul says that they will not flag they will not become slothful he says that they will be fit fervent in the spirit Ah, oh I don't know who you need to pray for but you need to just pray and declare that this one will not give up they will not give up this year. They will not give up in January. They will not give up in February. They will not give up in March. The Bible says Abraham hoped against hope. He says in the lack, in the absence of physical evidence, he hoped against hope. Hey! Would you pray that they will be strong in the spirit? Why don't we worship God this morning? Why don't we worship God this morning? Strength like no other Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.